Today on Act News Daily. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Delaney Howell, one of the hosts for the Ag News Daily Podcast, joined as always by my co-host, Mike Pearson. Good afternoon, Delaney Howell. It is good to be on the podcast. It's a little bit gray, but I tell you what, we don't have a blizzard coming like they do in the Oklahoma and Texas panhandles and parts of Kansas and parts of Missouri and Kentucky and Tennessee and North Carolina. Yeah, it's Carolina. a great day, isn't it? It is a beautiful day, but we're sitting here, it's just cold. Mm-hmm. Delaney, how's your day going so far? Not the best. Not the best. I noticed you've got a Band-Aid there on your on your thumb. What happened? Yeah, I sliced my finger cutting a bagel this morning. Cutting a bagel. And I thought I was going to barf. I'm not a blood person. And it's sort of, like, it's pretty deep. I just slapped a Band-Aid on it. I didn't want to, like, look at it. Yeah. I don't no. think it needs stitches, but... No. If a Band-Aid's know. holding in the blood, you don't need stitches. Oh, it makes me want to barf. You know what, though? You know who's to blame for this, don't you, Delaney? PETA. PETA, exactly (laughs) right. Yesterday we talked about their recent announcement that we need to start using different words and phraseology when we're talking about things. And one of them was bring home the bagels rather than bring home the bacon. They're encouraging people to slice open their digits. (laughs) Frankly, PETA, you should be disgusted in yourselves. Sure. Horrible. <laughs> a horrible group. Oh, and speaking of things we talked about yesterday, the song I was singing, Rockstar, <laughs> yeah. it's Post Malone. It is? It is Post okay, Malone. Good. We got some Twitter comments on it. A lot of people liked my uh, my podcast karaoke, uh, so we might have to make it a regular thing. Podcast karaoke. That yeah. sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I can keep a little Barry Manilow under the hat and bust Perfect. that out from time to time. I got time. some Dixie Chicks under my, under my hat. There you go. There you go. Well... Maybe we'll let our listeners off without karaoke today. Okay. And instead just jump that's into fair. the news. What do you think? That's that's probably a good idea. It's probably for the best. Probably for the best. We'll save it for a, a really great day when our listeners just <laughs> need a little I don't pick know, me up. Do something to deserve such oh. a horrible punishment. Oh nice. <laughs> Perfect. What's your news for today, Delaney? Well, we finally have some more official reports that uh, Chinese officials are beginning to restart imports of U.S. soybeans as well as liquefied natural gas. As we know, President Trump and the White House have made lots of claims about, uh, you know, this hopefully good trade relationship moving forward, but the Chinese really haven't said much about it yet. But Chinese officials have been told to take necessary steps for the purchases, according to two high-level officials with knowledge of the discussions. It isn't clear yet whether the preparations meant China would cut the retaliatory tariffs on those imposed, uh, those retaliatory tariffs imposed on those products, or when those purchases would happen. However, I was reading another article this morning. It was on, I think, AgWeb, um, saying that the Chinese actually held a press conference and had reporters at the conference to discuss some of what was going on. Yesterday? Yes. Okay. Things are now in flux again when it comes to trade with China. The daughter of a Chinese company founder, Huawei, 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 not sure how you pronounce it. I don't know either. Yeah. H-U-A-W-E-I. They are a a huge telecommunications firm in China. Um, The daughter of the founder was arrested in Canada and is looking at extradition to the United States. Basically, she has been charged with, oh, kind of a whole whole litany of crimes, but I believe the big ones were uh, various forms of evasion, tax evasion and other 
types of shenanigans. Anyway, what because it is such an important Chinese company, the concern is that, oh boy, China's going to take this personally. Yeah, and she was arrested Saturday, kind of, I think, during the time when presidents the presidents were meeting. Yes, yes. And it was the arrest was in Canada, and now it looks like Canada is going to go ahead and ship her back to the U.S. The Justice Department declined to comment on this earlier today, which is both good and bad. It's good in the sense that uh, they're not stoking the fire, you know, saying anything that would upset the Chinese any further. It's bad in the sense that we don't quite know what all is going on. And mm-hmm. we don't know what the punishments might be. We don't know. We didn't really have any idea that this was going on until... I certainly didn't. You know, it just happened. Boom! Yeah, Punch in nowhere. the face. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's how life it's comes at you. It's almost like, did they plan to do it on the same night as the G20 meeting? It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like the G20 thing was more of a coincidence. She was going to be in Canada doing a thing, <laughs> and they just they just grabbed her. It was just mm-hmm. like, oh, she's here. Let's snap her up while we can, and that's what happened. Gotcha. Yeah. So we'll see what this does to the ongoing trade negotiations and whether or not those orders for soybeans and liquefied natural gas actually come through. Well, we do have some good news here on the trade front. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer and Secretary Sonny Perdue, who we're going to be hearing some comments from later in the podcast, announced that the government of Morocco has finally agreed to allow imports of U.S. beef products into the country. This is the first year that U.S. beef and poultry exporters have had access to Morocco's market under the U.S.-Morocco Free Trade Agreement. And they originally opened their markets to U.S. poultry back in August of this year, but now we officially have that market opened for beef producers as well. And I don't think it's probably a huge market, but... Market access is still market access. It is. It is. Like we've said before on this podcast, anytime we're getting U.S. products into the mouths of people outside the borders of the country, hey, we're growing our markets, mm-hmm. and that's something we love to see. Absolutely. Part of the challenge with growing our markets is being able to produce those goods here in the U.S., and the USDA issued a letter, the USDA and the EPA issued a joint letter to state and tribal co-regulators encouraging increased, quote, increased engagement and a reinvigoration of state, tribal, and federal efforts to reduce excess nutrients in waterways. Here's the twist from previous administrations that have pushed this. EPA and USDA both said they want to focus on market-based approaches and other collaborative, collaborative approaches. This sounds to me as though they're not looking to enforce sort of a Chesapeake Bay-style water management, nutrient mm-hmm. management program. They're looking to incentivize and encourage more programs like the Iowa Nutrient Reduction Program, which is market-based, encouraging growers to experiment, try different things. Hopefully, that's what we're going to see more of across the country. Uh, David P. Ross, who is the Assistant Administrator of the EPA's Office of Water. How would you like that to be on your resume, Delaney? The Office of Water. I think it sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Who do you think outranks them? The Office of Water or the Office of Air? <laughs> Is there an Office of Air? I assume. I assume there's an Office of Land. Yeah. Earth, fire, water, air, right? Isn't that the four elements? I think so. Earth, wind, and fire. Earth, wind, and fire, yeah. Great band. Okay. <gasps> anyway. You don't know Earth, wind, and fire, Delaney? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. I, we we won't sing any you karaoke. You Google the rock star song yesterday. I did, I did. I had to Google it to see if it was postponed. It's a very disturbing video. It looks like from Let's the initial not watch still. It. Yeah, okay, great. Anyway, so mm. Earth, Wind, and Fire, EPA, you know, looking to perhaps crack down on water, which I think is interesting, given that we don't yet have a WOTUS. Well, I don't oh. have news about WOTUS. Okay. However, I do have news about water and water infrastructure. The USDA 
announced just today that they are planning to invest $1.2 billion to help rebuild and improve rural water infrastructure for 936,000 rural Americans living across 46 different states. There's a list of specific investments that they're going to make. I'm not going to list those all out for you. Um, basically, they are, uh, yeah, it, lo- it's the, it looks like a variety of projects. Um, are we talking wells? Are we talking canals? What kind of infrastructure are we doing? Yeah. Dams? Water lines. Okay. Storage tanks, wells. Okay. Um, Just oh, my gosh. I can't stuff. think of what it's called. Water towers. Water towers. Yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Okay. All right, cool. Well, hey, more infrastructure. Waste and waste disposal. That's huge. Yeah. Our town, Grinnell, you know, we live just north of the city's uh, wastewater treatment plant. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so, sidebar, I live just north of the city's wastewater treatment plant, mm-hmm. and I was thinking maybe it'd be worthwhile to put in a confinement cattle facility and talk to some folks around the community, and the so I'm about a mile outside of town. And the overall consensus was no, because if the wind is from the south, they'll smell it in town. And you know what? If the wind is from the south, I have to smell all the town people's crap business. Yeah. You know, what if a couple of days they've got to smell a little bit of cow money? Cow money? Yeah. Yeah, well, I uh, guess they don't care. I guess not, which is so standard. <laughs> but anyway, I jumped on that because Grinnell had to build a new wastewater treatment mm-hmm. plant this year, so there have been a lot of trucks driving up and down our road, which is always cool to see. I love watching semis. I'm Ooh, a child. I just pulled up this piece of news, too. Well, let's hear it. For the first time in sixty in its 65-year history, JBS South America is going to be run by someone outside of the Batista family dynasty. Yes. Well, all the that? Batistas are kind of in jail. They're all kind of a little shady. Yeah. And I, at least one of them is still in jail. Or in jail again. I think both of the both of the brothers are, aren't they? Well, I think they had a pretty sweet deal. One of them oh. I know just went back, mm. and I don't think it was by choice. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't like he booked a booked a stay. booked a spot. Yeah, a, no, I don't think that's jail. all. No rehab. No. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Gilberto Toman. Okay, Tomanzoni. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's Portuguese, so that's not. Yeah, right. who knows? Anyways, was named CEO, and. Do we know uh, anything about the fella? Tuesday. Um, he's 60 years old. Okay. Not going to be around a long time. No, probably not. He's been at the company since 2013 and was previously the COO. Ah. So it sounds like he already kind of knows what's going on. Strong background, understands what he's they're doing. He's seen as an operations specialist. There you go. Hopefully he's not corrupt. Yeah, hopefully not. And hopefully he can uh, continue to operate on these steers and heifers that are coming through and pull out all the delicious Mm T-bones and ribeyes and so forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Got some news here for those of us that like buying fuel at these low prices. I bought gas today at 204 for the 87 octane. Yeah, I think I bought them at 199 Ah, dang it. 204 was the cheapest I'd found. But those days might be numbered. Why? OPEC announced earlier today they have reached a tentative deal to cut their oil output. They don't yet have a final figure by how many million barrels per day they want to cut production because they are waiting on Russia. Russia so far has not gotten on board with the cuts, and Russia is not an OPEC member nation, Mm -hmm. but they are a huge oil and gas producer, so what Russia decides really affects what OPEC is doing. We are expecting a final decision by OPEC and Russia by tomorrow evening, so we could see maybe a little bit of a bounce in crude oil prices. All right. Mike, did you have any other news, or should we jump over into today's markets? 
you know, let's go ahead and jump on into the markets. And folks, our markets are brought to us by our great friends at the Zaner Group. We're seeing some red on the screen today. Hopefully you were able to hit some targets on your marketing plan and take advantage of that recent rally in the soybean market. If not, and you need a marketing plan, give our friends at Zaner a call. You can reach them at 312-277-0050 or on the web at zaner.com. Looking at the corn market, these corn down two and a quarter at 372 even. The March down one and a half at 382 and three quarters. In soybeans, the January contract closed lower by four cents at 909 and a half. The March down three and a half cents to finish at 922 even. Looking at Chicago wheat, the December contract was down nine and a quarter cents on the day. Of course, it is very thinly traded. That contract is just about expired. It finished at 505 and a quarter. The March only down two and a half today at 515 and a half. Jumping over to the world of livestock, given back yesterday gains for the most part. December live cattle down 35 cents at 117.95. The February down 57.50 at 121.80. In feeder cattle, the January contract down $1.27 and a half. Closed the day at 144.20. The March down $1.10 to finish at 141.95. Looking at lean hogs, the December contract down $1.32 and a half at 54.52.50. The Feb down 85 cents at 66.90. Quick jump over to the dairy market. Let's see how our friends in dairy are doing and it is not well again today. The December Class 3 milk contract closed lower by 9 cents at 13.79. The January down 22 cents back below that $14 mark. Finished the day at 13.98. Without further ado, let's kick it over to our Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue, and some of his recent comments. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
And again, those were comments from Secretary Purdue's recent visit to the Illinois Farm Bureau Annual Convention. Illinois. Illinois. Illinois is like Des Moines. No, that's not how you say that. You don't think so? No. Okay. Well, folks, if you want to get in on some of our great arguments that we have had in the <laughs> past on the podcast, you can listen to all of our previous episodes by visiting our new website at the Global Ag Network. Click around. You'll find us very, very easily. You can listen to all our past episodes. Tell your friends about it. Click through and listen to some of the other podcasts. There are fantastic contributors on everything from agronomy to livestock and just funny stuff, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. So be sure to check that out. Delaney, if folks want to interact with us on social media, where should they go? They can find us on Ag, at Ag News Daily on Facebook and on Twitter, or they can interact with the Global Ag Network by searching for at Global Ag Network. With that, Mike, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.